0: Well, good morning. morning. Great to have you here. They don't usually let me up this early in the service, but uh, this morning is going to be a little different. Well, it's going to be a lot different. So if you're visiting with us, let me just say, the way we go about our service this morning, a lot different than usual, but I think you're going to be glad uh, that you came this morning. If you are visiting for the first time, I wonder if you'd be willing to simply take out this Connect card. It's in the seat back in front of you. And if you'd be willing to just let us know that you were here by filling out whatever you're comfortable with, uh, that'd be a privilege for us and uh, a gift to us. So thanks for doing that. You can either then fill it out and put it in the boxes on your way out, or you can go right over here uh, across the driveway to the south and get a free cup of coffee in exchange for this. All right. So we're calling this morning Going Public, and we're doing that because Uh, weather permitting, later today, we're going to go out to the beach at 4.30 and have the privilege of seeing 60 folks be baptized in the ocean. That will be the over, yeah, that's going to be fun. It's not much of a beach day, but it's going to be a great baptism day. That will be the overflow of what happens in here and over in north this morning, and that will be the Going public of 10 folks here and 10 different folks over in North declaring their story of how they came to believe in Jesus. And you're going to be so encouraged by it. So, before we hear their stories, we are going to do an abbreviated message from the scriptures because we want to look in Acts chapter 8. If you would turn there, Acts chapter 8. And we're going to look at an individual's journey of coming to faith in Jesus before we hear 10 more individual journeys of coming to faith in Jesus. Now, you may not have been expecting me to give a message today because we're hearing 10 testimonies. So uh, no less substance, just less minutes. All right. From from this, from Acts chapter 8. As we read this passage, here's what I want you to be looking for. I want you to look at what do we learn about a journey towards believing in Jesus, all right? And then second, what do we learn about the joy of participating in people coming to believe in Jesus? So Acts chapter 8, verse 25 is where we're going to start. It says, so when they had solemnly testified and spoken the word of the Lord, that is the gospel... They started back to Jerusalem and were preaching the gospel to many villages of the Samaritans. But an angel of the Lord spoke to Philip saying, get up and go south to the road that descends from Jerusalem to Gaza. This is a desert road. Now pause if you would for a moment and let me give you some context. If you see on this map, right here is Jerusalem. Jerusalem. That's significant because that is where the church was born, if you will. This is where the apostles were waiting, as Jesus told them to, for the Holy Spirit to come upon them. He does, and Peter stands up and preaches a message, and 3,000 people respond to the gospel. They believe in Jesus, are born again, and are baptized. And the gospel begins to go, as Jesus said it would, from Jerusalem to Judea, to Samaria. And where we are in Acts chapter 8, what we just read is the gospel has just gone as far north as Samaria. Jesus said it's to go to the ends of the earth, but it hasn't yet gone there. It's gone as far as Samaria. And Philip was one of the men that God used to proclaim the gospel in Samaria. Now they are headed back, the apostles are, back to Jerusalem. On the way back, the angel of the Lord appears to Philip and says, don't stop in Jerusalem. Go down to this road, the desert road that goes from Jerusalem to Gaza. So that's, that's kind of the picture. You can picture 295 going around Jacksonville. You didn't have any idea about the desert road in Jerusalem. So this gives you an idea. He's saying, you've been here, sharing the gospel, go down here. All right, back to the account, verse 27. So he that is Philip got up and went and there was an Ethiopian eunuch a court official of Candace queen of the Ethiopians who was in charge of all her treasure and he had come to Jerusalem to do what? He had come to worship. And he was returning going back home and sitting in his chariot and was reading the prophet Isaiah probably a scroll he purchased while he was in Jerusalem. He was like on a trip, and he bought a new book, but not a book, a scroll, and he's trying to read it as he goes home. Then the Spirit said to Philip, go up and join this chariot. Philip ran up and heard him reading Isaiah the prophet and said, do you understand what you're reading? He said, well, how could I unless someone guides me? And he invited Philip to come up and sit with him. Now the passage of scripture which he was reading was this, and this is from Isaiah chapter 53. He was led as a sheep to slaughter, and as a lamb before its shears is silent, so he does not open his mouth. In humiliation, his judgment was taken away. Who will relate his generation? For his life is removed from the earth. The eunuch answered Philip and said, please tell me. Of whom, do the, of, of whom does the prophet say this? Of himself? Or is he talking about somebody else? Philip opened his mouth and beginning from this scripture in Isaiah 53, which we just read, he preached Jesus to him. And as they went along the road, they came to some water and the eunuch said, look, water. What prevents me from being baptized? Philip said, if you believe with all your heart, you may. And he answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. Now, pause for a moment here. If you've been following along on the monitor here, you see these brackets. If you've been following along in your Bible and you use an NIV or an ESV, you're really confused right now because it actually, in those two translations, goes from 36 to 38. There is no 37 in the ESV or NIV. And that is simply because the earliest manuscripts actually don't contain these words, but later ones do. So the ESV and NIV put it in the margin and they leave the verse out. The New American Standard puts it in the text, but with these parentheses around it. So it's the later manuscripts that Philip says, in answer to the question, what prevents me from being baptized? What's his answer? If you believe with all your heart, you may. And the man answered and said, I believe that Jesus Christ is the Son of God. So may he? Can he be baptized? Ah!" And he ordered the chariot to stop, and they both went down into the water, Philip as well as the eunuch, and he baptized him. So, what do we say? We're going to look at the journey of believing in Jesus and the joy of participating with somebody in that journey. First four observations about this man's journey towards believing in Jesus. I want you to notice first that he was already participating in religious activity, meaning what? He was in Jerusalem to do, to worship, right? And he was not only in Jerusalem to worship, he was reading his Bible. So he's doing what religious people do, but we realize he's not yet in relationship with God. Now, I I know we're like, I'm just not used to this. It's like 10 minutes in and we're already studying our Bible. This is like weird. Don't miss this. It is so easy in our culture to equate religious activity with relationship with God. And with all my heart, I want you to hear this morning, they are not the same. See, folks will say, oh, I've always believed in God. I'm a Christian. I've always believed in God. No, believing in God and trusting in Jesus are two radically different things. Well, oh, I've always gone to church. That's very different. Going to church is very different than believing in Jesus. Oh, I've always had this desire to pray. Praying. Very different than believing in Jesus. You understand what I'm saying? There's religious activity versus relationship with God. The, what I want you to see is oftentimes, activity, religious activity, comes before relationship with God. Every once in a while, people enter into a relationship with God, no religious activity, and then they start going to church, reading their Bible, praying. But most folks, start doing those things before they enter into a relationship with God. That's what's happening in this guy's life. So don't confuse your attending church, you're always believing in God with believing in Jesus for this reason. The Apostle John says very clearly, God has given us eternal life and this life is where? Where? It's in his son. So unless you believe in Jesus, your sins will not be forgiven. You will not be in relationship with God. And that's more than believing about Jesus. It's believing, that is, I am believing in what he has done. I am placing my life in his care. That's believing in him, not knowing facts about him. So the man was religiously active but not yet in relationship. Maybe that's part of your story. Second, the way we know he's not yet in relationship with God, just religiously active, is that the word of God was not understandable. To his, and this is what we'll call it from the scriptures, his unregenerate mind. The word of God, in practical terms, didn't make sense to him. He wanted to read it, and he tried to read it, but he was like, I can't understand it. That is very simply for this reason. This book right here, if you would look up here for a moment, this book... A supernatural book, not like any other book on the planet. Inspired by God, God breathed, not like any other book. This mind, apart from the spirit of God, natural. Natural will never comprehend supernatural. The natural only is able to comprehend the supernatural when the spirit of God takes the natural mind and makes it new by being born again. So that is why, quite frankly, when you try to read the scriptures apart from being in relationship with God, you don't understand it. That's what's happening with this guy. So Philip helps him understand. Third observation he asks a genuine question based on his personal experience. Don't usually do this. I'm not sure what's happened over in North, but I see people still looking for seats in South. So if you have an empty seat beside you, if you wouldn't mind moving toward the center, that would actually be a gift to our ushers who are trying to help find some seats. That'd be great. Well, we don't ever do that in the message, but glad you're here. In youth ministry, we call that shuffle your buns. <laughs> Sweet. Thanks. Hey, if you need to do that over north, do that, please. All right, sweet. Thanks, big help. All right, so back to the text. He asked a genuine question based on his personal experience. What's he talking about? This is going to get your attention, trust me. He said, who will relate? Uh, This was what Isaiah had written. Who will relate his generation for his life is removed from the earth? And the guy asked, who's he talking about, himself or somebody else? Now, why does he want to know? Tell you why he wants to know, because he's a eunuch. If you're not familiar, a eunuch is a man who has had his male organs removed so that he can serve in the royal court without distraction or temptation. It's like taken out of the way. Wow, that's devotion, right? But he connects to this text and goes, hey, I'm never going to have offspring. I'm never going to have kids. My generation ends where? With me. And so he actually relates to what's being said in the text. And he's going, so uh, is the guy Isaiah writing about himself? Because I'm relating to this. Or is he writing about somebody else? And of course, because we read the whole text, we know who Philip tells him, who's he writing about? He's not, he's writing about Jesus in Isaiah 53. I love this because the man asks a genuine question based on his personal experience, and he discovers that Jesus, in that genuine question, I want you to know no question. The genuine question that you can bring to the Lord is out of bounds. This is a genuine question by a eunuch. What about me and the fact that I'll never, ever have any offspring like this? Who are we talking about? And the Lord uses his situation to reveal himself. So he asks a genuine question from his personal experience. Fourth observation. His baptism by water... Follows his trusting in Jesus. His baptism by water follows his trusting in Jesus. The New Testament pattern is believe and be baptized. That's important because you're going to hear probably this morning. We certainly heard it Thursday night. We heard it at eight o'clock service probably here and over in north, folks who will say, I was baptized before, but it was prior to when I had believed in Jesus. And so I am doing this in obedience to believe and be baptized. I hope that will bring clarity for you. Thursday night, a young guy came up to me afterward and said, okay, help me understand this. I was baptized as an infant. What are you saying the text is saying to me? And I said, well, one question. Have you believed in Jesus, his death, burial, resurrection, to be the payment for your sin? If you trusted in Jesus? He said, I have. And I said, okay. Then the New Testament pattern is believe and be baptized. Second question for you. When you were baptized as an infant, whose decision was that? Was that yours or your parents? And he was like, well, obviously, that's my parents. I was like, that's great. That was your parents' decision. Fine for them. It is your decision to now, having placed faith in Jesus, to go public. That's why we're calling this, going public. It's your decision now to go, in obedience to the Lord, go public with your story and your baptism. So we had a a gal in 8 o'clock service who has been a follower of Jesus, steady for 35 years and never been baptized and said, I was exhorted by the Lord from the scriptures, I should be baptized and got baptized. So maybe that's your story. Baptism is intended to follow a trusting in Jesus. As you look there, I'm not sure where you are in your journey. You may be religiously active. You may be trying to read the scriptures. You you may not understand it. You may be confused because you were baptized as a child or you were baptized as an infant. The question is, not are you active, not have you been baptized. The question is, have you trusted in Jesus as the one and only one who can save you from your sin. That's what the man did. I believe he is the son of God. And Philip said, let's be baptized because it's believe and be baptized. All right, that's the journey of this guy. And you're going to hear 10 other journeys in a moment. Real quickly, there's the joy of participating in someone believing. And first of all, I want you to notice the Philip. Part of this story is that God was already working in the man's heart before he sent Philip. You you capture that? God had already used people that we don't know about. We don't get their names, but he's in Jerusalem worshiping for a reason. He bought a copy of the scroll of Isaiah for a reason. There are people that have been in this man's life. We don't know who or how or when, but we're part of his story. Before Philip got involved, you're gonna hear this morning some names involved. Remember this there will always be more names involved than the ones stated. Because God is always working in our journey. Sometimes we only see it at the last moment, at what you might think of as the harvest but there's been lots of work to that moment. Philip gets present at the last moment, but God's been working in in this man's heart long before Philip showed up. Second observation of the joy of participating, of being Philip is this, that that conversation between he and the eunuch happened because Philip said yes to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. Philip said yes to the prompting of the Holy Spirit. It wasn't what he planned to do. It probably wasn't where he wanted to go. So can I have your eyes for a moment? If you are a follower of Jesus, you should anticipate that the Spirit of God will prompt you to do what he wants you to do. Now, now hear me clearly. He will never prompt you to do something contradictory to the Scripture, But he says to Philip, go down there. Did Philip know why? No, just go down there. And then he says, go get in that chariot. And he goes and gets in the chariot. You see, it's a saying yes. And I want to encourage us, Christian Family Chapel, you who are Christ followers here this morning, do you have ears to be listening for the prompting of the Spirit? And is your heart prepared to say Yes. Not, oh, but it's inconvenient. Oh, that would be awkward. See, sometimes we argue with him. That'd be weird. I'd feel stupid. I'm afraid. I don't know what I'd say. Here's what you say. Yes to what he wants you to do. That's why this conversation, the Ethiopian eunuch enters into relationship with God through the instrument of a man named Philip because God sent him and Philip said yes. We need to hear and be prepared to respond. Third, the conversation began with Philip asking a question. Remember what the first words were between the two men? Hey, do you know what you're reading? Do you understand what you're reading? And he found in that question a man who really wanted an answer. No, how can I help me? Here's a clue for us followers of Jesus. We love to answer questions that people aren't asking. And how many of you like unsolicited answers? Yeah, that's how many of you I thought liked unsolicited answers. Nobody likes unsolicited answers, but sometimes as Jesus followers, we run around giving unsolicited answers, when in fact, what we ought to do is ask a question so that when there are questions, genuine questions, we might actually then be have hearers who go, "I'd like to hear what you have to say." Let's stop asking answering questions that have been unasked. And finally, Philip answered the man's questions and shared Jesus. I love this. He answers the man's question. He starts with his answering the question, who's he talking about, Isaiah or himself? And then he teaches him Jesus. Jesus. Why is that important, folks? Why is getting to Jesus important? This ought to help us. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father but through me. Said who? Jesus. Don't miss it. So clear but so obvious. It's important to get to Jesus because apart from Jesus, a person can't enter into a relationship with God. So it might start with a conversation about morality. Or it might start with a conversation about hypocrisy in the church. It might start with a conversation about church hurt. It might start with a conversation about, yeah, I've never been able to understand the scriptures. It might start anywhere. But ultimately, if we're going to be participating in people entering into a relationship with God, we have to bring it to Jesus. Because apart from Jesus, you can't come to God. Can I get baptized? <laughs> Do you believe in Jesus? And he, what's he say? I believe he is the son of God. We have to bring it to Jesus. So friends, where are you in your journey? Have you trusted in Jesus? Not just known about him. Have you trusted in Jesus? Or are you still in process like this guy was still in process? After last hour, Two individuals said to me, I was still in process, but today I believe. So that may be where you are in your journey. If you already believe this morning, crucial question, who are you being Philip to? See, you understand my point? Who are you being Philip to? Who are you going public with so that they can move from just activity and questions about God to relationship with God? I wonder if you would, I just want to remind you of an important tool. In front of you, in the seat back in front of you, is a card that looks like this. Would would each of you grab one if you could? Sorry for front row people. Would you grab one? It's this size, has uh, pictures of folks around the table, the red question mark at the bottom. This is a ministry called Alpha. And Alpha is an opportunity. Uh, Let's hold the plates right now for a moment. I know you guys are trying to help, but thanks. Let's hold them on. Alpha is an opportunity where folks can have a meal together and ask whatever question they have about their faith. And then hear a brief but excellent presentation about who Jesus is and answers to faith questions. It's Alpha is used all around the world. And and we have folks who are going to get baptized today because they did Alpha this past earlier this year at CFC and found faith in Christ through that. So this is an invitation. This is not for you to look at and then put back. It's for you to take with you so that maybe the spirit of God will prompt you like he prompted Philip. It probably won't be run up to a chariot, but it might be give the invitation to a coworker. Give an invitation to a family member or to a neighbor. Offer to come along if they'd like. But this is a place where folks who have not yet trusted in Jesus but have questions, just like this guy in Acts 8, can have their questions asked and answered. The power of the invitation makes all the difference. Most stories of faith begin with somebody invited me to something. So now, as the men receive our offering, thanks, guys. Uh, watch this the power of the invitation.